You know, so many people are striving and so few people are surrendering. Mm -hmm. And striving is trying to achieve the outcome that we want and surrendering is just trying to find the outcome that God wants. This story of Ruth and Boaz, it should be such an incredible hope because it means that God is not only at work in your marriage, that he has a potential legacy for your entire family. Well, we did it, babe. Grand finale. Last episode of the season for the Real Marriage Podcast. We're going to finish up the great love story of the Old Testament, Ruth and Boaz. I wonder if Boaz is the Hebrew name for Mark. Just something I'll investigate after the show's <laughs> over. Uh, the story of Ruth and Boaz started off brutal. They were wrecked financially, wrecked relationally, wrecked spiritually, wrecked generationally, wrecked maritally, wrecked physically. It was over. It was Good Friday. Everything's dead. The sun has set. Uh, the darkness has come. The hope is lost. And then by the end of the book, it's the most amazing, epic love story turnaround. All of a sudden, it's an Easter Sunday story. Mm. So without further ado, could you please, my best friend, read a little section from Ruth chapter four to give hope to all of these people. Some of them are in a good season. It's going to get better. Some of them are in a bad season. They're about to experience a breakthrough. Yes, Ruth 4, 13. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife and he went into her and the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the woman of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. That's amazing. Okay, Obed, they get a boy. His name literally means worshiper. Hmm. That's Perfect. awesome. Perfect. Because what got this couple from the circumstances they, they were in to the will that God had for them, they both lived as worshipers. Yes. Ruth was worshiping God before she met Boaz. Boaz was worshiping God before he met Ruth. They came together and worshiped God. They have a son, Obed, and his name means worshiper. He's going to be a worshiper too. And he's going to carry on the family legacy of worshiping the God of the Bible. So just for a moment, babe, think about it. All the blessings that are in their life by the end of chapter four. Chapter one, brokenness. Chapter four, blessing. Yeah, they're married. Yay. <laughs> um, and they have a baby and the mother-in-law, Naomi, has a grandchild. They've got... Yeah, the she says early on, my hands are empty. Mm. At the end, they're holding her grandson. Yeah, so awesome. We don't have grandkids yet. That's going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I covenant it. with you to be the best grandma and grandpa in the history of the world. It's <laughs> yep. going to be awesome. What other blessings are present in their life? Uh, well, they have friends and people surrounding them that are God's people. Praying for them, cheering for them, supporting them, rooting for them. They found a good church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, God's community of people. Um, and they have a future ahead of them. They have hope. 
they know that God is in what they're doing and he's guiding it. And they have a legacy that they've started with baby Obed all the way to Jesus being born from that genealogy. So this is the mind blow. Okay. This is, this is, this is insanity. So Ruth starts as a Moabite product of incest, the whole race raised in a pedophilia, demonic cult. Mm-hmm. Deuteronomy 7, God's people are not supposed to marry these people. Deuteronomy 23, if you marry one of these people, your family's so jacked up, you can't go to the temple, you can't go to church for 400 years. Wow. But she's not a Moabite. She's a believer. Mm-hmm. Once you Her meet the identity. God of the Bible, you get a brand new identity. Amen. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter what was done by you. It doesn't matter what was done to you. It matters what God has done for you. She's not a Moabite. She's Ruth the believer. She's not the gal who came from a broken, jacked up family. She's now God's daughter. She gets a brand new family called the church. For those of you who look at your past and or your family legacy, everything changed when you met Jesus. Mm. You get a new father. You get a new family. You get a new identity. You leave a new legacy. Boaz was not violating Deuteronomy when he married her because her identity was no longer Moabite. It was believer. She's a new woman. You're a new creation in Christ. Behold, behold all things have passed away and all things are made new. Mm. And so fresh, clean start. Mm. In that, as well, they give birth to Obed and the biography and the genealogy at the end of Ruth chapter four says that he becomes the grandpa of King David. David. King David, man. I mean, she went from homeless at the food bank, widowed, crazy, bitter mother-in-law to the the son who brings forth David to be king over Israel. That just goes to show you have no idea what God can do through a marriage. Mm. God is not looking for perfect people. He's looking for surrendered people. And God does perfect work through imperfect people. That's the hope for your marriage. That's the hope for our marriage. Babe, you know the story. Maybe uh, tell them what happens in Matthew chapter 1. Jump to the New Testament. I'm a Bible guy. I'm your Bible nerd, big library, footnote, accepted dead guys in his heart, friend. But what happens in Matthew chapter one? There's a genealogy. It's Jesus' family. It includes four women, all of whom got a little bit of a rough past. Yeah, scandalous. Little scandalous. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba. (laughs) Bathsheba, adulterous, uh, Tamar, sexually sinful, Mm -hmm. uh, Rahab prostitute, and Mary, Jesus' mother, who had a bad reputation, and Ruth. And Ruth, and Ruth, and Ruth is in the family line of Jesus. There's only those women mentioned in the family line of Jesus. One is Ruth. Ruth got taken from her family, and she got put in God's family. And Ruth, because she loved the Lord and served the Lord, God used her faith to bring forth Jesus Christ, who was the object of her faith. She couldn't have planned that. She couldn't have guessed that. She couldn't have even wished for that because she was a new believer that just wanted to have a good marriage and walk with Jesus. And she didn't even know what that looked like fully. Well, blessed are the pure in heart. Mm -hmm. You know, so many people are striving and so few people are surrendering. Mm -hmm. And striving is trying to achieve the outcome that we want. And surrendering is just trying to find the outcome that God wants. This story of Ruth and Boaz 
it should be such an incredible hope because it means that God is not only at work in your marriage, that he has a potential legacy for your entire family. Okay. So think about this. Um, With Boaz, it seems like he's not the first link in the chain. It seems like there's a lot of believers in his family. It seems like he comes from godly family. Her family, complete disaster. She's the first link in the chain, first believer. But look at the change that one person, even one broken woman, can make in a family if she will just walk with God faithfully and humbly. Yeah, I mean, we're all broken. And for God to come and use our brokenness to bring forth a Savior and then save us from our brokenness with that Savior, I mean, it's an incredible story. He didn't have to do any of that. We're all his enemies. And so for him to come in and do that, it's, yeah, it's incredible. He, he can use anything as long as we're, like you're saying, we're humbly offering ourselves to be used for his glory. In, in Matthew, so there's four gospels. Here's your little nerd sidebar. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the synoptic gospels. They share 60% of the content regarding the life of Jesus in common. John is unique. 90% of John is exclusive and unique to John. There's only two genealogies. In Luke, the genealogy of Jesus' family line is traced back to Adam to show that he is perfect and fulfillment of humanity. Matthew traces Jesus' family line back through King David and back through Ruth and Boaz. Matthew is written to Jews. Mark is written to Romans. Uh, Luke is written to Gentiles. And, uh, no, excuse me, uh, Matthew is written to Jews. Uh, Mark is written to Romans. Luke is written to Gentiles, and John is written to Greeks. Who are the most religious, self-righteous, proud, were God's chosen people, folks in the New Testament? The Jewish. The Jewish people. They feel like we were born into the right family. We can all trace our genealogy all the way back to Abraham. We are God's chosen special people. Sometimes religious people can be snotty people Mm -hmm. and snooty people. Matthew, who is Jewish, writes the story of Jesus to the Jewish people in the Gospel of Matthew, and he starts page one, Ruth. Why do you think he does that? Because, again, we're all broken, and we need to see that God can do anything through anyone if we're willing vessels. And so he wanted to break through the pride and self-righteousness of the people he was writing to and say, hey... (laughs) the Savior came through this woman because God is all-powerful and can do anything. And because ultimately there's room in God's family for Moabites, for people that are the product of incest, for people who come from broken homes, for people who are on their second marriage, for people who are homeless, for people who are broke, for people who are relocated, for people who are refugees. All of that is in the story of Ruth. And what he's saying is, and we're really glad to have them in Jesus' family. And so there's, there's room in Jesus' family for everybody. All you got to do is just be humble. And all you need to do is just seek God's people and seek God's presence. That's what Ruth did. She's in Moab. She's like, I don't know. I just need to be with God's people and I need to be in God's presence. And for her, turning her back on Moab and turning her face toward Bethlehem was literally repentance. Repentance literally means to turn around. Yeah. She turned her back on Moab. She set her face toward Bethlehem. And ultimately, it's in Bethlehem. It's in Bethlehem. 
It's in Bethlehem. Where Jesus is born. Where Jesus <laughs> is born. So the very, she could have never imagined. I'm going to leave Moab. We're going to wander to Bethlehem. You know, God's going to save me. I'm going to get married. Hundreds of years later, Jesus will be born in Bethlehem. And he'll be the savior of the world. And I'll be included in a book of the Bible as one of the great women of faith <laughs> with an eternal legacy and hope for everybody, especially those who are broken. No, I mean, she lived in a place with no hope. And then when Elimelech's family came in and she married one of his sons, she probably thought, oh, maybe this will be my hope. And then when he died, she was probably hopeless again. <laughs> yeah. She couldn't have imagined this future for herself. And I think we all have that opportunity to trust God and say, okay, what future do you have for me no matter where I came from? I love the story. It doesn't matter if you come from a good family like Boaz or a bad family like Ruth. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're a virgin like Boaz or not a virgin like Ruth. It doesn't matter if you come from an incredible family or an awful family. It doesn't matter if you've walked with God faithfully since you were a little kid or you just met him 15 minutes ago and you're a hot mess. Yeah, because it's about what Jesus did, not what we did. And his covenant love for us that has said that it talks about. Okay, you talked about that uh, on the drive-in. You said, Mark, I want to talk about this. I want to make sure we don't miss this. So, And I appreciate you bringing it up. It's the big dominant theme over the book and the books of the Bible. So talk about that. That little Hebrew word, hesed. It means God's covenant love. And it summarizes all the positive attributes of God that we love to experience from him, like love and grace and mercy and kindness and patience and faithfulness. And it shows us the nature of God um, in Ruth and how he oversees her story and how she comes to imitate him and know his covenant love when she experienced none of that in her upbringing. And he's the only one that has that type of love. And she went right to the source. So when we're talking about love, and I'm riffing through my notes here, I want to find something. The Bible's word for God's love for us is hesed. It's his covenant love. And Ruth enters into hesed, covenant love with God. Mm -hmm. And that prepares her for covenant love with her husband. We're in covenant with God. And as we grow in that covenant of love, we receive God's love and we learn how to do covenant relationship, which prepares us for the covenant of marriage. Because yeah. it's additionally... First John says we love because he first loved us. So we can't even give true love if it's not attached to the God who is love and who gives his covenant love to us. And I was thinking about it. We started uh, this series talking about... When our daughter was little, she picked as one of her summer reading projects, the uh, book of Ruth. And when she was a little tiny girl, she's married now, it's so crazy. Um, I would tuck her in bed every night. And when she was really little, we'd read the Jesus Storybook Bible, which is a great storybook Bible if you've got little kids. And I'm trying to remember how it explained God's covenant love. Mm. And I would read that to her. All the time. She had me read this line to her all the time when she was a little girl. And then when she started reading the Bible for herself, I think maybe one of the reasons that she was so taken with the story of Ruth is it was a story of God's covenant love. I think it was his unbreaking, 
never stopping, always and forever love, was the line from the Jesus Storybook Bible. And that is the covenant love that God has for Ruth. That is the covenant love that God has for Boaz. That is the covenant love that Ruth and Boaz get to share with one another. There is power in a covenant because a covenant relationship is not just a husband and a wife. It's also the God whom the husband and wife are in covenant with. And it's God who comes to bless. It God, it's God who comes to comfort. It, it's God who provides the love. It's, it's God who provides the forgiveness. It's that the husband and the wife are not the source of anything. They're the conduit of everything that comes from the Lord. Yes. Where James says every good and perfect gift comes down from above, and sometimes it comes through the spouse. And I just want to encourage you. We want to encourage you. Marriage, many times we get married and we think, you know what? I want to have a good time. And God is thinking, I want you to leave a good legacy. Yeah. I want you to be thinking and praying for generations of your family, the children, the grandchildren, the people that you don't even have in mind that God has in mind. And, uh, and sometimes the decisions that we make to sabotage and self-destruct the marriage, they can really impede and affect generations. Absolutely. That blessings and cursings go for generations. You think in your own family, there are probably some painful people in your past, parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, their decisions have been a curse for generations. You can think of other people that their choices and decisions and prayers have been blessings for generations. Covenant means that not only do you have a relationship with God and relationship with your spouse, you also have a relationship with generations of your family that are part of your legacy. That's why we talk about the concept, or theologians do, of covenant families. It's not just my personal relationship with Jesus. My personal relationship with Jesus affects generations of other persons. And so if you're one of those couples right now, you're saying we have a good marriage, then press in for a great marriage yes. so that you can leave a better legacy. If you are a couple right now who has a difficult relationship, think of the legacy and the generations that are at stake and implicated. If you're a couple that's ready to throw in the towel, just remember, generations are impacted and affected positively or negatively. And you could have a tremendous redemption story like Ruth and Boaz mm -hmm. did if you would walk in God's providence and find God's will and take God's hand and get through Moab so you can get to Bethlehem. Go from the funeral so you can get to, you know, the days of celebrating and rejoicing. God has such good intended for his people. God's heart is a father's heart. He wants to bless your family and he wants to bless it for generations. As we wrap this up, just want to say thank you for joining us for the Real Marriage Podcast. We would encourage you to grab the study guide. It'll help you learn God's word, dig into the story of Ruth, give you some things to discuss. And I found it, babe. I found the quote from the Jesus Storybook Bible. It's the great theme that ties the Jesus Storybook Bible together. And it talks about, has said, God's covenant love that you brought up as is never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. And that covenant love of God, friends, it ultimately, it ultimately is the love story of Jesus. Ruth is a little love story, but it's in the Bible because it's part of God's big love story. And uh, I wanted to close just by telling you a little bit about the big love story of Jesus. Like Boaz was related to Ruth and Naomi, so Jesus is God become a man to relate to us. Like the women who could not save themselves, so we too cannot save ourselves. Like Boaz, who is not obligated to save the women, so Jesus is not obligated to save us. Like Boaz, who redeemed the women, so Jesus redeems us. 
like Boaz, who satisfied the demands of the law, so Jesus lived without sin to satisfy the demands of God's law. Like Boaz paid a personal price to redeem the women, Jesus has paid the ultimate price to redeem men and women. Like Boaz, who loved Ruth as his bride, Jesus loves his church as his bride. Like Boaz, who shared his land and home with the women, so Jesus has prepared an eternal home in his kingdom for us. The story of Ruth and Boaz, friends, it's part of the big love story. I just want to close by asking, do you know Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Before you can work on your marriage, there's a more important relationship that needs to get right first. That is your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you have not turned from sin like Ruth turned from Moab, if you have not walked toward Jesus as she walked toward the presence of God in Bethlehem, if you have not walked away from your old way of life and walked into the new way of life that God would have you with Jesus Christ, you need to do that right now. And some of you in hearing this, um, you grew up in a home where you heard a little bit about Jesus, but you've not made that personal decision. You know a little bit about God, or maybe you've been around believers. That was the story of Ruth. And then she had to come to her own personal decision where one day she decided, your God is now my God. Prior to that, the God of the Bible, the Lord Jesus Christ, that was her husband's God, but that was not her God. If Jesus is your spouse's God, that's not enough. If Jesus is your parent's God, that's not enough. If Jesus is your friend's God, that's not enough. You need Jesus to be your own God. You need to say, your God is now my God. She made that decision to have God be her God. She turned her back on her old way of life. She set her face toward her new way of life. She began her faith journey, and God has this same for you. God entered into loving covenant relationship with her, as he will with you. God gave her love that then she could give to her husband. God gave her healing that then she could share with her husband. God gave her blessing that she could then use to bless her husband. The moral of the story is this. You can't give what you don't have. And what you need, you can't get apart from Jesus. That first relationship with Jesus Christ is the most important relationship. And that covenant relationship will transform you so that you can have a transformed covenantal marriage. So if you've never given your life to Jesus, guess what you're doing right now? So you ask Pastor Mark, what are you trying to do? Get me saved? Exactly. Thank <laughs> you for paying attention. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. You need to be saved. It's the most important decision of your life. The second most important decision is who you marry. The most important decision is who you worship, and who you worship determines how you're married. Grace, could you pray for everybody? Lord, thank you that we have these examples. Boaz was a worthy man, and Ruth was a worthy woman, and because they loved and trusted you and walked in holiness, they became a testimony for us. Thank you that you have so many examples in your word of couples and people that teach us how to walk with you. Lord, I pray for marriages um, that they would learn how to walk together with you, not separately. Lord, I pray for unsaved spouses that you would soften their hearts. I pray for new testimonies from you to come out of what people are learning from this book and from your word, Lord. I pray for marriages to be built on a solid foundation and that things that aren't supposed to be a part of their marriages would be repented of, would be forgiven, would fade away so that they can have a new future together, Lord, and that's following you closely. We love you and we thank you for the gift of marriage and we pray that it would be a blessing to the people that are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.